today on Fully Know. If you can do it, I firmly believe you should do it. And, and that's how I've been kind of just serving the church. It's kind of weird that I think that way, um, but I believe that God has gifted me in a way that I can serve, therefore yeah. I should serve. Yeah, that's my mind. You are born and raised in Philly. But what does it look like to now raise your family and serve your hometown? Today, we will hear from one of our deacons who seeks to be continually faithful in serving Jesus and his people. Hi, Hopi. Yeah, what's up, PT? Welcome to Fully Known, Grace Point podcast to get to know each other. Awesome. <laughs> well, before we begin, how have you guys been enjoying the snowfall up there in Warrington? Man, I- I'm already sick of the snow, to be honest, dude. It's pretty nuts. <laughs> I'm assuming that you guys got a lot more up where you are. It's, it's nuts, right? Like, we're we're like, what, 25 minutes away from me, but even in that little... That short bit of time, that distance, the, the weather can do some crazy things. But yeah, we got we have a ton of snow right now. <laughs> is JD and Isaac enjoying it? Oh yeah, they love the snow. Every day is a is a fantastic winter wonderland for them. <laughs> what do they like to do? Do they like to build stuff like snowman? Do they like to go sledding? What's their favorite snow thing? Sure, sure. They they love all that. They love you know having me build the snowman for them and having <laughs> me drag the sled. <laughs> uh, oh, everything man. they love it involves me pushing or pulling them. Actually, I totally forgot about that. I I know at that age, it's all about them and like vacations and stuff. It's more work than really vacation. About yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Hopi, tell me a little bit about your background and your childhood. Um, did you always kind of grow up in this area and were you always a Philly guy or were you born somewhere else like Korea or something like that and you moved here? <laughs> No, nothing interesting. I am born and raised in Philly. I I grew up um, in Northeast Philadelphia. I don't know if you know the area, but like off of Wyoming Avenue is where I grew up. So that's like the heart of Northeast, in my opinion. I'm not too far away from this street. My parents had a corner store around that area. And then I lived there till around first grade. Uh-huh. And it wasn't until then that I moved to the suburbs where I moved to Cheltenham. Okay. And I was in Cheltenham all the way up until the end of high school. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I, I, everything about me is Philadelphia. <laughs> okay, okay. Everything. Yeah, absolutely everything. I went to college at Penn State. So uh-huh. more of like Pennsylvania, Philadelphia thing going on. Uh, my first job after that was at UPenn. So I'm still around that Philly area. I oh, wow. never moved out of the, the Philly area until I got married. Oh, wow. So Northeast Philly, that's where the gangsters roll, isn't it? Pretty I well mean, it's not, I, yes. Looking outside, looking in, um, from outside, looking in, yes. It, it's not the greatest of neighborhoods. Uh-huh. I remember, <laughs> I remember that I found bullet casings on the corner of the street when oh I was like gosh. in kindergarten. And I didn't know what it was at the time, but I was like, I picked it up, brought it to my mom and dad. Like, look, isn't this cool? And like, uh-huh. oh my God. in here. And they're like, throw it away right now. <laughs> Um, there is, there's another like crazy story, uh, that I do remember crack files. (laughs) I didn't know what crack files were until like the gear program, but yes, that was, uh, that was everywhere. Um, yeah, it wasn't the best of area. Yeah. Yeah. So growing up, I guess, seeing and experiencing things like that, are you not really shook when you go into tough neighborhoods or is it so far removed because you've been in the suburbs that it does freak (laughs) you out? 
Like I'm not I'm not gonna say that I'm from the ghetto or, or a part of me a part of me is a thug. No. That still it still worries me and concerns me. But um you know, I'm not as like super shocked out there. Like this isn't like um like something completely new. So. I see, I see. Do your parents still own that store, that corner store? No, uh, no. It <laughs> it was a tiny store and um my mom and dad my mom and dad worked there until around sophomore year of my high school. Um, okay. They sold the place. They ran a new business. They, did, they got into dry cleaning. Um, <laughs> I hate to say it, but it's like typical Korean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they got into dry cleaning. Uh, did dry cleaning for a few years. And uh, my mom uh, and dad bought a bigger market in <laughs> in Chester. We went from the ghetto of Northeast to the more ghetto of Chester. <laughs> yeah, uh, Chester's pretty rough. Yeah, but uh, it was a bigger store, so... They could uh they could expand more on the business, but they're not working there anymore. They they sold it. My mom sold it um two years ago. Yeah. So tell me about your parents a little bit more. What are they up to, and where do they live? Right. Um. My my dad passed away shortly after I graduated high school. Um. Mm-hmm. Like November of my freshman year of college, passed away. Oh man, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it it was kind of tragic. Like he had um like a condition where his kidney was failing and like it's a bit of a tragic story. Like he I didn't know about his condition until like when it was too late. Like I was mm. I was in college and and uh he didn't say anything to me and my mom she kept quiet too. I guess it was cuz my dad's wishes, but uh yeah. my brother didn't say anything, but yeah, that he he died really early, but uh uh, I don't know. It, it, that's that's how he went. Um, my mom currently, she's she's well. She's in the uh, Lanza area right now. So it's like okay. 15 minutes away from here. Uh, okay. Before that, she was in Brumall, and yeah. uh, like she used to drive like 50 minutes to an hour just to come to my house to look after the kids. And yeah. I think a part of her was like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> so she decided to move closer. <laughs> <laughs> and uh anno- and, and like bug the kids and bug me more often which is awesome that's a blessing yeah cool and uh, just going back to your dad a little bit how did that impact you do you feel like you're very close to him growing up and so it affects you even today or do you were you guys kind of distance where uh it didn't really have that much effect uh it had a major impact mm-hmm. in my life especially that freshman year of college um, yeah. uh, my studies were <laughs> non-existent. Like I was just wrestling with a lot of stuff. A lot of, a lot of times I would just be concerned with like whether my mom would be okay. Cause that's, that's when she, she got, um, my mom and dad like invested into getting that big market so that they could, uh, make more money to, to send me and my brother to school. Right. Yeah. So a lot of my worries were around like, uh, if my mom was going to be okay, because my dad was a he was a major contributor in our family. Like he did all the the, the leg work, all the physical work needed it um, in the house at the store. So he was a major figure. Um, so yeah, he was he was a big part of my life. Mm. And then you mentioned you have a, do you just have one brother? Yeah, I have a younger brother. He is 11 months younger than me. Oh, wow. Okay. We are Irish twins. Yeah, yeah. For one month in about August, we're the same age. Um, He's in Virginia right now. Okay. What's he doing out there? He's doing, like, government work. Uh, He's he's around Virginia, around D.C. I think his commute is to D.C., somewhere around that area. Okay. Were your uh, 
parents or is your mom a Christian? And even when you were younger, did they raise you guys to be in a, as a Christian household or did your faith come much later? No, far from. Both my mom and dad were not believers when I was a wee little kid. Uh, my mom is a recent convert. I don't remember exactly when, but I'm going to guess made around five years ago. So Okay. Yeah. She does mention like, like because of how often or how religiously I went to church, um, yeah. she saw that as some sort of inspiration or some sort of calling. I see. How about your family now? Hope your family now. Tell me about how you met Christine. How did I meet Christine? <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. gosh. <laughs> uh, all right. So it happened like this. Uh, I was, uh, at the time I was working at Merck, um, one of my mom's friends, a uh, good friend of hers, um, she, he, I'm sorry, he calls me up. He literally just calls me up and he says, write this number down. And I wrote it down. Not not thinking that it was going to lead to, you know, a first date or anything like that. But this this Ajishi or this guy, he has yeah. a habit of trying to influence me to get me to work for him. Because yeah. he likes that I, I, I do stuff around statistics and I do analysis, stuff like that. He he wants me to work for him all the time. So he, he tries to get me to, like, uh, interview or, or, or stuff like that. So he's like, write this number down. And I'm like, all right, we're going through this mess again. <laughs> I write the number down. And then he, he like, before. Before I can say anything, like, what is this? He's like, all right, I have a niece. She's expecting your call. And then he hangs up on me. <laughs> so, so I'm left there. Like, he's just like, what just happened? Am I going to be this this bum that just not calls this girl when she's expecting my phone call? Or do I just ignore this completely? Yeah. And uh, I, I took that step and I called her. Uh-huh. And we had, like, a three-hour conversation. Oh, and, wow. Uh, that's how it started. Wow, that's a long time. It, it was a long conversation. I'm going to say that she was talking about two hours and 59 minutes of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hope well, she's not listening to this, but she will. Um, uh, to further complicate things, though, that was, uh, that was the year that I was going to go to missions to Cuba. Yeah. And uh, so we, <laughs> before I left, we, Christine and I were just trying to get this first date going. And, yeah. like, for some reasoning, scheduling providence it just did not work out like for example one day i called her i'm like hey should we just try to meet up this week when it happened she kind of stood me up because her car broke down (laughs) (laughs) and i was was like left thinking like did her car really break down or is she just trying to play me yeah like she has to wash her hair or something exactly right yeah um but uh magically we were patient and everything got together this first date was awesome and then just things moved forward and look here we're married and we have two kids wow so how did you know she was the one how long did you guys date for before you proposed to uh, it was about a year, maybe even less than that. But okay, how did I know? Oh man, <laughs> she's an incredibly patient woman. Like, yeah, yeah she she's is. completely patient with me. Yeah, <laughs> she is. I have to say, to be honest, she's one of the sweetest persons I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She has to have a heart of gold to keep up with me. <laughs> <laughs> and then, how did you propose to her? Yeah, oh, dude, we're gonna go through this time. Like, there was a series of proposals with our friends, like. They were doing all this crazy stuff, and and I felt like there was pressure. 
Like yeah, we have yeah. to do something special. I have to do something yeah. special. Make it a magical moment. <laughs> and the darnest thing, it didn't turn out that way. <laughs> we started off our we started off at night um, going to a restaurant pod in the city. It's a sushi uh, place. Um, the food is great, but like I, I in my head I planned it out. Like we'll we'll go there. We'll walk around the city. Maybe walk to the park there, and then I'll, I'll get on one knee and propose. Yeah. That day, the rain was incredible. Like, it would not stop raining. And I'm eating dinner. I'm just looking outside the window like, okay, okay, maybe it's going to stop. This is the next 30 minutes. So let's just make this dinner go longer. Oh, it didn't man. happen. The rain was constant. And I was like, dude, this is insane. That's so um, funny. So this, this restaurant's close to the city, or um, close to U10. And uh, we just ended up going to Kosi, which is okay. in U10. And yeah. then Kosi has this upper upper area on the second floor where it's, where it's completely empty. <laughs> I just went up there and uh, we get we get coffee and I, and then I just got on one knee there. Everyone has a fantastic story, but hey, I suppose that it could be. <laughs> yeah, things like that I feel like are more memorable. You know, <laughs> it was it was ridiculous. Like everything I had in my mind gone. <laughs> like I had yeah, to toss yeah. it out the window and, yeah. and think of like an alternate plan or something. <laughs> was she surprised or? She was surprised. She was more like, cause she knew, she knew that I was going to propose to her, but she never knew when. Yeah, right? yeah. So, so that, that's the thing that caught her off guard is the when. So I was able to surprise her with the when, um, how it went about, not the greatest, <laughs> but she was just really happy. Um, so that that's what counts the most, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's cute. So how long has it been now again? I forget. <laughs> so, so I forgot too. <laughs> uh, it'll be eight years coming more. Oh, okay. Eight years. And so in the eight years, what do you think is the most interesting thing you learned about Christine? Something you didn't know before you got married that you learned over the last eight years? <laughs> the most interesting I learned? I'm still learning this. Is um, <laughs> No matter how much I screw up, she will still forgive me. <laughs> uh, 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 that's really sweet, though. She, honestly, I, I am more amazed by her kindness and, and her grace uh, on a daily basis, to be honest. The, the fact that we have our two rambunctious boys and they fight with each other all the time, and at the end of the day, she's like, she's like, God, Jesus, man. She just forgives them and then, like, she loves them unconditionally. Yeah. Me, I feel like I can't do that all the time perfectly, <laughs> even though they're my boys, but Christine has this magical gift about it. Yeah, wow. Well, that's the best compliment you can give that to say someone's like Jesus, you know? <laughs> that's good stuff. Yeah. Tell me how it's been uh, being a father of two boys. Uh, tell me, how old are they again? And uh, has it been difficult? Has it been easy being boys? You know, are they similar to each other? Are they different? Oh, man, how has it been? So JD <laughs> is seven. He recently turned seven at the end of January. Okay. And Isaac is four, turning five this July. And okay. they are the most opposite of personalities that I've ever seen. <laughs> JD is like this sensitive, like kind-hearted, real soft-spoken type of boy who's super shy. Yeah. And Isaac is shy in a way, but he's so loud. 
and in your face about everything. Uh, Isaac is, we call him the king of the hell because he's very demanding. Yeah. And JD is not so demanding. He, if he wants something, he will let you know in the most difficult way possible, meaning he'll go about the most roundabout way to describe something that he likes. And I can, and I'll never be able to figure it out. Um, they yeah. fight constantly. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, my brother and I fought constantly too, but these guys, they argue all the time. It's very hard for them to share because uh, Isaac has the dominant personality and JD, he just has to deal with it. <laughs> Poor JD. Yeah. The funny thing is I see that in a lot of families. The first kid is always the kind one. And I don't know mm -hmm. if it's because the second kid is trying to catch up or, you know, like fight for their right or whatever. But they always yeah. seem like the crazier one, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I feel like I have a bit to blame on that, though. Because, like, Isaac, he, he was born with a lot of... Of, um, chips on his shoulder came out as a bit of a premature a preemie oh, okay. and then like he was he was always small and then he has his uh the issue with his low platelets like yeah yeah i always i always gave him a little more forgiveness like i didn't give that to to jd so much but but when it comes to arguments i'm always like it's isaac it's let him let him have what he wants to <laughs> <laughs> he'll, forget, he'll forget about it tomorrow and it'll be yours again. Mm -hmm. yeah. Actually, tell me about Isaac. How's he doing these days? Um, He doesn't know he has low platelets. He's a boy. He's just active and, and jumping and running around like crazy. Okay. But in terms of yeah. health and the low platelets, is there progress there or is it the same or getting worse? Um, it, it dropped down to below average, but it's not like critically low where we were going to the hospital to get like, um, treatment done. If anything, it's better than before. It's not perfect. Uh, so there, it, it looks like he's going to get better. Just, we don't know when, but it's a lot better than before. Praise God for that. Um, how about professionally, Hopi? What kind of work are you into that you can share with everyone? Like, uh, what what type of industry are you in? Yeah, I, I do a boring job. I work in Xcubia. <laughs> <laughs> I I am they they call me a methodologist. So I I write up documents on strategies of running analysis for like commercial advertisements that pharma might invest in. So like those ads that you see for medicine and TV on websites, Facebook, your cell phone, you'll see these ads come up. Yeah. And I, my job is to basically analyze if it's a profitable advertisement or not. I see. So were you always in the same industry or did you change to it? Like, is this something that you went to school for and you always wanted to do or, <laughs> or did you just somehow, you know, fall into this, into this? position oh my gosh all right <laughs> uh entering college i wanted to be an engineer uh okay. i didn't know what field but i wanted to be an engineer thinking that there was some level of prestige behind being an engineer yeah. um when i attended uh i learned that engineering wasn't quite for me and i was meant to be a professional video gamer <laughs> uh that didn't work out so my major changed from like engineering to math and then to statistics and the reasoning that it went in that direction it's like i don't belong here the school kicked me out and i'm like what's the next best thing that i could do with the credits that i had to graduate so yeah. i went to math and i was like i can't do math anymore and then we went to statistics and i graduated with that not knowing what's available out there for me but it turns out that my graduating class of eight it was one of the best moves and best uh, major choices that i could ever
ever could have made because yeah. that field has been growing and booming like crazy. Like, yeah, yeah. Analytics is a big key word when it comes to to jobs these days. What 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 people want in the field of analytics are like that major. So everything was just like providential how it lined up. Wow. Uh, it was not my first choice, but I'm very thankful that it, it lined up the way that it did. Yeah, that major is not easy, and analytics, like you said, like I feel like no matter what industry, everybody wants analytics, whether it's sports or, you know, medical industry or anything. Yeah, absolutely. Um, data is, is abundant in this world and how people read data is, that's not a readily, like, innate skill in people. So yeah. there is schooling behind it and I got lucky. I, I swear I got lucky. It was, it, was a, it was a blessing in disguise that I didn't do well in school and I messed it up instead. <laughs> You said you graduated from uh, Penn State, right? Yeah, yeah, Penn State. Mm-hmm. What was like your uh, fondest memory back from your college days and, uh, that you oh, can share? That's, so <laughs> that's not that I can share. Oh, that's <laughs> that cuts down like half of them. Then. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I mean, I have a I have a lot that I can share. Absolutely. Um, every day was awesome. <laughs> every day was a new adventure. Uh, going to Penn State, the group of Korean people in Philadelphia, although mm-hmm. people might think that it's very large, everyone's connected to each other in one way or form. And when yeah. you go to Penn State, dude, everyone knows each other at Penn State. Wow. So, like, a lot of the Grace Point folks, like, I, I went to school with them. Was, every day was just like a hangout day. So every memory that I had is mainly, like, hanging out with them, playing games, playing basketball at, like, midnight. Dude, we did that almost every day. The greatest time of my life. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing I realized about college, too. It's not so much what you do, but who you do it with, you know? I think the special moments for me was, like, just eating ramen at midnight and just talking with friends and laughing, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's definitely part of it, yeah. Ramen yeah. and pizza. That was, that was <laughs> a good diet. Was there a good college ministry out there? Did you grow spiritually in yeah. your college day? If we're going to the spiritual, yeah, I want to say my the toughest time spiritually was college because that's okay. when like freshman year is when my dad died, so I was in a major low. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah. If we can rewind a little, like during high school though, I had this youth pastor that that really influenced me. Like he laid the groundwork of just the Bible and and all the Bible studies that he he helped me with. Yeah. So, the foundation was there, um, but in college, spiritually, was my lowest time. Uh, I did attend the like the Christian fellowship there. It was mm. the AACF, Asian American Christian Fellowship. Okay. I want to say growth. There wasn't much growth because my heart wasn't into it at the time. I see. Yeah, but thank well, God I had the uh, the base. Yeah. Well, walking away from college and you know graduating like you did with your stats major. Do you feel like this is the thing that God has called you to for the rest of your life? Or do you feel like it's something that uh, you're enjoying a little bit now because you're good at it, but you feel like you want to move on to something else in the future? Mm, That's another great question. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... A lot of people have this radical turn later down their life. They they believe that they're meant for other things in life. But yeah. I, I'm one of those believers that God wants the mundane. <laughs> he needs yeah. those people. Yeah. yeah. So uh, all those times, like going to missions with Grace Point, like I realized that we need people to go out there to be the hands and feet of God. But we also need the senders. Like Amen. we need people to support. Yeah. If we don't have the people to support, how are we going to send people? And, That's right. And I've come to a realization that, like, I am called to be a sender. God wants me to just do what I do right now, that I'm doing well or okay. 
and he wants me to just continue doing it so that I can send people. Yeah. So that's where I stand. Yeah, praise God. That's awesome to hear. Sorry, can yeah. you hear Isaac in the background? Yeah. yeah, a little bit, but it's okay. So um, I guess in the midst of all that's going on, how are how have you and your family been handling this whole pandemic and, and the crisis that we're experiencing? Has it been easy for you guys? Has it been hard? Uh, how was it in the beginning, uh, about almost a year ago, to where we are today? <laughs> uh, if I say it was easy, I'd be lying. <laughs> it is very difficult. Uh, I. Like working at home and then trying to raise these guys at the same time is really hard. Right. It's hard on Christine. It's hard on our parents. We had to get help. And, and I'm sure you're familiar with it, but, uh, you know, our sister, Jen, she, she comes in and watch, helps and watch uh, Isaac and, and Shana's kid, Chuno. Um, oh, yeah, I heard. That's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, we need help. <laughs> it's not easy. <laughs> uh, we're struggling. Like, like I hope um, everyone, everyone's struggling so that we could all struggle together. But, yeah, it's not easy. But uh, you know what, though? I do enjoy the fact that I spend time with my kids more than my coworkers. Yeah. Like, all this time I've been working, I spend so much time with coworkers that I didn't realize up until now, like, how much time are we really spending a day with our family? Like, mm -hmm. Prior to COVID, I was really spending, like, maybe not even a day's worth, like, way less than that on the regular. Yeah. But now it's it's nice. It's, it's, it's an adventure. Tempers get lost sometimes, but uh, a lot of times I do find myself laughing with the kids, so it, it's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That seems to be the common thing in terms of, if anything, what kind of blessing came out of the season is that we got to spend time with the family, you know? And so what a blessing yeah. that is, like you said. So out of all the challenges, I know you mentioned, like, trying to work and uh, watch your kids at the same time. Is that the biggest challenge, or is there something else, like, uh, even physically, like, gaining weight because you can't exercise, or do you hate, like, being on Zoom calls and it's driving you insane? What would you say was the most difficult challenge during this time? Dude, I, <laughs> I might be the only one thinking this, but I think this is wonderful. <laughs> the, the Zoom calls, not meeting people face-to-face. -face. I yeah, am a yeah. huge introvert, and this is, like, introvert's heaven right now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I am a big fan of Zoom calls, especially the Zoom calls where I'm in the meeting where yeah. I don't have to turn my camera on. And I'm just putting myself on silent and just listening in. I think it's great. Yeah, <laughs> I have yeah. no problem with it. But when you yeah. talk about, like, my wife, Christine, who is a people person, she needs to be energized by people, like, yeah. meet people, go out to eat and all that stuff. Like, she, she's having a difficult time. Um, I see. But when it comes to me, like, I am cherishing every bit of this. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to raising the family, so that's not a struggle. Yeah. Very hard. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely resonate with you there because I'm more of an introverted person and my wife is more extroverted, you know? Um, Hopi, tell me a little bit more about your faith. How did you even come to accept Jesus and the gospel? Um, yeah, so I guess after that time in college, college is over started working. I'm hanging out with Brian and Davey on the line. So, mm. uh, they were key influencers because they're so close-knit with Grace Point, or at the time with GPS, uh, that I kind of just tagged along, uh, just go to Sunday service because it's what my friends were doing. Yeah. Um, eventually, you know, when P-Rob came in, I guess he noticed me. Um, <laughs> 
KUC had this uh, this area where degenerates would sit down. <laughs> Apologies <laughs> to anyone that that sat down that sat in the area with me. But there's this area on the second floor where the degenerates would sit, and he saw my face there. He says he he told me, and um, like he approached me, and then you know he helped walk me through um, uh, just just all the struggles, and then helped me to better understand the Bible. And uh, then uh, it just I became a regular at Grace Point from then on. Uh, cool. At some point. I I made that step of faith where um, uh, I wanted confirmation, so I got baptized at Grace Point as well. Mm. I can't remember when that happened, but it seems like it, it was in the past decade or so. Okay, it just yeah. it's just the mundane. I'm all about the mundane. We just, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's how it, God works a lot of times, and it's encouraging that your friends brought you, and that's why community is so important, you know. But, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. The the community was good. Uh, big shout out to like Dr. Wan. He was leading a men's group at the time. Him and Bill McGinley at the time. But like, wow, uh, that was another major contribution of, of how I came to faith. Cool. How do you feel like you're uh, doing now spiritually? Uh, do you feel like, especially in light of the pandemic, how have you been handling worshiping at home? And I know you talked about the lack of community a little bit for uh, Christine. Uh, what's been like the greatest source of spiritual growth for you right now? Uh, that's a good question. I don't want to say it's stagnant, but it's definitely taken a toll because of the lack of community. But yeah. the fact that, that you know, Grace Point as a church has been like you and Pastor Chris, all the elders are making efforts to reach out and, and communicate with the congregation here and there. That in itself, the little bit there has given me like little bits of reminders to stay, you know, stay faithful, read mm. God's word, uh, pray, <laughs> pray daily or whenever you can for me. Um, so I'm not on fire like I used to be, <laughs> but <laughs> I want to say that, you know, praise God in all of this. Yeah. Uh, as difficult as this time is, you know, thank goodness that, that our church is still alive and well. Yeah. And every Sunday to see everyone put on doing their best efforts to have Sunday service running uh, yeah. really encourages me. And that, that has helped me on a weekly basis. That's encouraging to hear. Yeah. And to encourage you, you know, you know, this is the Christian life, you know, like it's seasons. It's, it's like a roller coaster that goes up and down. And I remember when I was a kid, I hated that. And I used to think I'm so immature. What's wrong with me that sometimes I'm doing well and sometimes I'm doing bad, but that's the Christian life, you know, and the hard part is to continue to stay faithful and to persevere during the difficult times. And so, right. yeah, it's encouraging to hear that even though, you know, it's been tough for you guys, you guys are really clinging on to Jesus. Yeah. And all else, he never fails. Yeah. So as an officer of the church and an ordained deacon, how has that been um, as a deacon of, of Grace Point? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's good. It's good in that, like, just my personality, like, I firmly believe if there's something that needs to be done, just do it, right? Mm -hmm. I don't I don't need to know that people, you know, appreciate things or, uh, that I do from them. Like, I, that's not something that I respond to. Like, affirmation, I, I, I don't respond to that at all. But yeah. when there's something that needs to be done, if you can do it, I firmly believe you should do it. Mm -hmm. and, and that's how I've been kind of just serving the church. It's kind of weird that I think that way. Um, but I believe that God has gifted me in a way that I can serve. Therefore, yeah. I should serve. Yeah. That's yeah. my mind. Yeah. So when, when I became a deacon, like I was a little hesitant, like, you know, I, 
at the time, like, I, I'm, I thought myself as kind of a new believer, like, it wouldn't be right for me to do it. But then that idea just left quickly. And I'm just like, you know what, if, if so, if, if the pastors need help, you know, moving stuff around, I'll do it. It's not a problem. If the pastors need help opening up the church and cleaning stuff up, I'll do it. It's not a big problem. So that's, that's just my mindset. Um, if it blesses people, you know, thank God for that. But I'm the doer. I'm the feet and in, in the hands in, in, uh, in the church, I guess. Well, that's really encouraging to hear. And let me just say, you've been such a blessing, you know, the way you serve and the encouragement that you say with your words and even just the display of humility. I always see you throwing out the garbage and stuff like that. So I've been very encouraged by you, Hopi. Cool. Very cool. Well, we spent most of the time, I guess, talking about, you know, your childhood, the past, and even the present, you know, what you're doing for your job and uh, the pandemic. Uh, if we had to take a glance into the future and think about the future, right? Uh, tell me some of your hopes and dreams that uh, you might have for your family and kids. Like, where do you hope your kids could be in uh, uh, 10, 20 years from now? Where do you hope that our church will be, right? Uh, at Great Point, where are we going to stand in 10 years from now? And, uh, uh, even for yourself, you know, um, what do you feel like one of your end goals that you really want to reach? <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> um, we'll start with my kids and family. Ten years is kind of short, you know. If anything, yeah. my major goal, hopefully my wife still loves me. <laughs> I know that she will, but <laughs> man, I, I test her patience all the time. But uh, with, my le- with my wife, I, I pray and hope that uh, our, our relationship is still as strong as ever ten years from now. Mm. For my kids. I I pray frequently that that they will be godly men um, mm. someday, but sooner than later. <laughs> I hope and pray that if anything, they truly know what's in, what it means to chase after Jesus. Mm. Um, uh, what was after that? My 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 job and and future. I, I don't know. No, I I am so boring in the the idea that like. I don't really think and plan of the future. I just mm. want to get through today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, for Grace Point, that's a great question. Because the more I think about it, the dynamic of the church has to change after this pandemic. Yeah, um, for sure. A lot of, a lot of things that we, we had for granted, just regularly meeting uh, to worship, singing out loud even, like, is that, you know, the vaccine's available now, but we don't know when. Everyone will be fully vaccinated. We don't know when COVID is a thing of the past and we don't have to worry about it so much. Yeah. Um, I don't know when that'll happen, but when the church doors open again, like we're still going to have to think about, do we need to keep social distancing? We still yeah. need to wear our masks. Do we, we still praise and sing with our masks on. Like all the small details are, are still like up in the air for me. And I, I'm still trying to, I'm still struggling to picture what worship is going to be uh, on Sunday. So I hope, I hope and I pray that uh, we'll be all able to worship again. And, mm. and, you know, part of me is like, hopefully in the next 10, 20 years, we'll have our own building to do it as well. Mm-hmm. But um, I like, I like the situation where we're renting. Uh, I think it, it's being good stewards uh, of just financially. It's better yeah. off, especially now. Yeah. If we're not meeting in person anymore. Guys, we got lucky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's how I think about it. But yeah, um, I'd, I'd like to see us in our own building in the future, worshiping all together. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, that would be awesome. Well, as we come to the, uh, the end, let me ask you one final question that I kind of ask all the guests um, at the end. 
What's an interesting fact about you that I didn't get to ask you about that um, that you can share? Something that no one knows about you? And uh, I guess it's a two-part question. And the second part is, if there's one thing you want the listeners to uh, pray for you about, what would that be? Uh, we'll do the prayer part first. If, if the listeners can pray for me, it's mostly around my family. I think um, my biggest concern now is is for the kids how they're going to be able to go to school again, if they're going to be able to go to school again. Because mm. I was supposed to start kindergarten this coming September, and I, I still have no idea how that's going to work out. It's a half-day situation in Bucks County still, so it, it's a big mystery. And how they're going to social distance little five-year-olds is beyond me. Um, mm. So a prayer about my kids and just their education moving forward. We hope and pray that everything will get better soon. Yeah. Um, interesting fact about me, <laughs> I don't find myself that interesting, <laughs> but I, I started to, um, I've become really addicted to YouTube lately <laughs> and, and I find it a great source of information. I'm a big learner by seeing how things are done and YouTube has been the greatest resource for that. Um, <laughs> as a result, I find myself believing that I am like a Renaissance fan. Like I know a little bit about everything because of YouTube. <laughs> I can see that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> and this is crazy. And this is crazy. When it comes to trying to fix something, yeah. I go to YouTube first before anything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I heard. It's good to do. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing. And thank you for your time, Hopi. It's been uh, really fun talking to you. And uh, I'm sure it's going to be a major blessing for everyone listening. I hope so. Thanks, PT. All right. Have a good night, Hopi. You too. Appreciate it, man. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.